Hey everybody, welcome back to Marketing Monday. Hi Adam. What's up Shelly? This is Adam. This is Shelly. <laughs> We're going to be doing a podcast today, just basically going over 2019, some things that happened in 2019, a recap, everything like that. So we're not really talking about marketing. We're not really talking, well, we're talking a little bit about business because that's what Shelly and I that's mostly talk. That's, that's our relationship is mostly just business oriented. And um, yeah, so for you guys that are following along, this not going to be any marketing, but Shelly, some, what are some notable things that happened to you in 2019? I know there's just a handful that's There's it. a lot that happened in 2019. <laughs> I think I feel like both of our 2019s were quite exciting. Yeah, it was it was a good time. And I uh, I think that'll be interesting for people to see, like the difference. The uh, sorry, I gotta adjust this so I can be comfy. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I don't think like when we first started, like we didn't give a whole lot of like background information about either one of us. We just kind of jumped into it and assumed that people knew the people that were watching knew a little bit about our history. But correct. So, um, yeah, so for me, late 2018, I sold a business. For you, mid-2018, you sold a business. Um, and then I, uh, I had planned on running a nonprofit that I had also founded. And early 2019, got out of that. Um, I started teaching at University of Sioux Falls. I teach marketing and business entrepreneurship classes there. Um, just one class each semester. And then um, kind of finished up with the sale of Elliot Mommy and the stuff that I had to do there. And I always uh, felt like I would be doing some sort of business consulting. Like I have this huge heart for small women-owned businesses. Um, and put together a website and social media and some of that kind of stuff for it. And got into it and was like, you know, I don't like being paid for this. Which is like... The dumbest thing to say it's bad out business loud advice. Is, but I just don't, there's, in fact, like, it's so easy to get her to give you business advice. Just buy her Gilberto's mm-hmm. and maybe some like Starbucks or coffee. Beer. Yeah. Or beer. And yeah. you'll get an hour's worth of your time. It's pretty much pretty awesome. I mean, it's awesome if people like do throw me cash for it, but it's certainly not a requirement. I mean... I get paid in baby snuggles in exchange for your wife. <laughs> so, True. I mean, your wife is pretty awesome for me. So that's why I still put up with you. Yeah. But Well, bless your heart. Yeah. No, you should bless your wife. <laughs> uh, so anyway, I decided, I'm like, I just don't, I, it didn't feel as good trying to make a career or a business out of it. And I still do think that that's my ultimate goal with this. I shouldn't say I think. I know that that's my ultimate goal, but it, I'm looking at it a whole different way coming into 2020. Like there's a different way to approach it. I'm not exactly sure of all of the details on that yet, but coming Mm -hmm. into 2020, I really want to have deeper, meaningful relationships with some of those women, um, small businesses that I've been connecting with and working with, but figure out a way that it's more of like a, a profit share kind of a thing or a, you know, something that isn't, like the more they grow, the more I am invested, am invested into them. Yep. Um, like my dream is to be the female Marcus Limonis of our area. Is Marcus Limonis the guy who is um, has the show? 
The Prophet. Yeah, The Prophet. Yeah. So Just the thing and I that makes that. him, I love that show so much. And the thing that makes him different from everybody else is that he invests not just money. It's not like Shark Tank where they just throw some money at people. I mean, not that that's a bad thing, but I mean, he actually goes into these businesses and invests in them. He figures out what the problems really are, knowing that 99% of the time, the problem isn't money. The problem is something else. It's how things are running. It's supplying. It's, you know, there's something else happening there. And instead of just throwing money at it and thinking that that's the Band-Aid that's going to fix it, he actually goes in and does surgery from the inside out with these companies he and has, helps he train has them. resources. Like, he'll, he'll um, has um, marketing companies that he works with that, mm-hmm. you know, he'll be like, well, you guys need some rebranding and, like, just need to get this reignited or whatever type of thing. And then, like, we'll throw that resource towards them. And I'm, it's interesting that you brought up the Shark Tank because one thing I've actually kind of noticed about the Shark Tank, especially lately, um, it seems like, you know, once Jess and I, we kind of caught up on some because I've never really watched Shark Tank up until, you know, earlier this year, maybe. But a lot of those businesses fail. Mm-hmm. Like, a lot of them. I know. If you Google a lot of them afterwards, like, two years later, they're not around. Yeah. And, I mean, the attrition rate for business is already, I mean, it's high anyways. Right. But, but if you're getting half a mil thrown at you, I mean, but again, if you didn't, if they're, if you're not solving the problem from the ground up, yep. you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like going on a diet and not changing your actual habits, you know? What? Wait. Come on, at, come on. Adam. You can't lift weights and just eat chocolate cake all day? Well, you can. You're <laughs> still going to be a fat ass. I mean. I figured out. <laughs> I figured it out. Guys, it's. All right, going into 2020 with some new... Did you not listen to anything Chef Ellen told us a couple weeks ago? No. I mean, she didn't bring candy at all, but... Yeah, she brought us treats. <laughs> <laughs> Completely ruined my workout for that day. It's awesome. It was. I loved it. It was great. Yeah. So there's the there's there's my recap. My uh, that's it. And I I took a job with the city. Uh, yeah. So that has really been the other uh, big eye opening thing in the last ninety days for me. Um, so I took this job with the city. So I'm a um, innovation program specialist with the city of Sioux Falls. Sounds so fancy. It does sound fancy. <laughs> that's why I say it that way. <laughs> and but the cool thing is. Like, it's part-time. It fits perfectly into what I need for my family right now. And um, it it's really interesting to see all of the different things happening in our city. Like, if on my Strengths Finder, Learner is, like, number three or something like that. Really? And so it's super important to me to constantly be having inputs from all of these different areas to be constantly learning and doing new things. And this because we work with every single city within the department or we're open to working with every city within or every department within the city we i am constantly learning new stuff like i'm constantly learning new things that happen within our city and how the processes work and i never would have thought that learning would be a high strength of yours really Mm -hmm. i mean not not to say that you don't learn or anything like that i just i just never would have thought that that i always have a thirst for. we should do a podcast we should do a podcast episode on like the strength finder thing we should have Chelsea on and do it. We should. I, I agree with that. Chelsea, I know you're probably not watching. but <laughs> Tell Chelsea that we want to have her on. Yeah, because um, Chelsea and I got into my Strengths Finder here a little while ago. Well, I mean, this was months ago. But um, she was kind of surprised at which at what ones mine were. But So what are yours? I don't even remember what mine are. I could go back and look and everything like that. But it was surprising to her that it wasn't what she some of them weren't what she was thinking they were. But the other thing 
I find interesting about that, I bet if I were to retake it right now, it would actually have changed by quite a bit. Why so? Why do you think so? Um, I think one personality trait that I might have, uh, I'm just going to call it fluidity. Like, my, I, I think I change a little bit more than what maybe like I don't want to, I don't want to say like the average person, but mm-hmm. like my temperaments change, my what I'm interested in changes so quickly and everything like that. Um, I think I just would be interested to take it again, which maybe I will, and just see what my strengths Do you have are. Learner in your top ten. I don't know. I think that's, <laughs> I, but I do, I think that's part of it. Like yep. of that fluidity part of it. I think that learner is a big part of that. Like, because once you learn everything that you want to know about something or you're satisfied with the amount of information you have on it, then you're ready to move on to the next thing. Yep. And so I think there's a lot of that in every entrepreneur and almost every entrepreneur that I've met has strategic within their top five. Uh, I think, I think that was a top five. I'm going to yep. just pull it up really quick because now we're on this. Um, yeah. And I know mine cause I actually have mine printed on my desk and nice because I'm like, I think it's interesting. I actually printed it for Allie as well, who is, uh, the innovation coordinator in our department. Uh-huh. And because I'm like, it's interesting for people to come in who to talk to you and be like, Oh, this kind of explains a little bit more of how to communicate with this person, understanding somebody's strengths. Yep. Um, no, I get the value and everything behind it. Um, I think it's a super, um, I think it's super valuable to have and know that. So you know how to approach people. Right. Um, let's see. So mine's strategic account. belief, learner, futuristic, and. Okay. So you do have to sign in. I can't remember what my fifth one is. Well, those are my top four. Um, you know what? Do this off camera. Um, but I'll send it to you. Yeah. Because I know I sent it to her and um I didn't pay for like the full gambit thing. Um and I still don't know if I would. But I did. Yeah. Um more, more because I wanted to know what my bottom ten were. So I knew what things to avoid in whatever role I took in the future. So I retook it I must have been this past spring, I suppose, summer, somewhere in there. Um and my ultimate goal was to find out what I shouldn't be doing. And honestly, it revealed kind of what I had known all along, but I never really focused on. Mm -hmm. Like, I shouldn't be managing people. Like, that's not one of my strengths is, like, being able to – I can communicate well with people, but I'm uh, – I'm – very few people very deep like i don't like surface level stuff i can do it but i don't which is something i appreciate about you i don't love it yeah. and getting into so being in a situation where i have to like put up with all of the crap of managing people like being a store owner and then having your employees right underneath you like if i would have taken that to heart at the very beginning Within the first year or two, I would have had a store manager and I would have paid them really freaking well. And their only job would have been to communicate with everybody underneath me. So I only had to have one person that we were on the same wavelength with and had very different strengths than I did so that they could communicate well with everybody else. I think communicator was one of my top five for sure. I think that was up there. It's not in my top five. Interesting. So anyway, how was your 2019, Adam? 2019 
has been uh, an interesting journey. So, like Shelly said, um, in 2018, August of 2018, I had sold my detailing business and went full-time with a chemical company. And in August of 2019, (laughs) without saying too much, uh, that didn't go well. Um, Learned a lot about myself in that aspect as well. Um, Going back to working for someone else. Um, working from home, doing long distance, um, like work type mm-hmm. of thing. Learned a lot about myself there. Um, and in 2019, started up a company with my co-founder, Justin Paulington Woods called Clarity Coat. And, uh, I don't normally like to use this term or I really, I really feel like most people don't apply this term well, but the product that we offer is a total disruption to standard automotive protection and customization. Um, and so the biggest hurdle that we're dealing with right now and will deal with no matter what is education about what the product even is in the first place. Cause there's like basically what I've explained it uh, to most people is there's basically three stages of understanding where like you're telling someone about it and they're kind of like, they have an idea of what they think it is. And then you're explaining it more to them and they're like, okay, yeah, I think I got it. Like that's probably about the stage where I'm at right now. Yep. And then the third stage is once they actually see it, feel it, touch it and everything like that, they're just like, wait, 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 hold up. (laughs) This does what and then and then especially if you're in that automotive industry or in that world and you're even somewhat interested in it it it's just they're like i can't imagine life without it like i just i i i need this i i want it it, immediately even josh who's next door shout out so first shout out of the (laughs) (laughs) first shout out of the stream josh (laughs) novak main street media house um josh went to sema and he was at stage two Got to SEMA, day one of SEMA. He was kind of like stage two and a half. And then day <laughs> day two, he was like, whoa. Like, and Josh is not like, uh, he's not really a car guy. Like, yeah. he enjoys, I mean, he knows a nice car when he sees one. But um, so 2019 has just honestly just been a whirlwind um, from August on. Um, super stressful. Lots of things going on. But uh, we started up the company. We went to SEMA, which is an undertaking all of its own. Yeah, no kidding. I mean, that was like a miracle that you guys got in and did what you did in that kind of time because that's not an easy feat. I no. mean, I just from what I know, I've heard of SEMA for years because my husband works in auto body and yep. has for 25 plus years. So I knew what SEMA was and I was like, you you first tell me about this in August. Well, it was probably July when you and I first started like talking about some stuff and yeah and then by september you're like yeah we're going to sema i was like what yeah so for people who might not not understand so august we started the company september we decided that we were going to go to sema which is first week of november sema is the largest automotive convention in the entire world it's like vegas like eight thousand floors and like yeah it's it's a huge event and like you can't just go there and like pop up a tent 
Right. Be like, here I am. Like you could do that, but it's just total waste of time. Like the whole point of going there is to be loud and obnoxious and get leads and everything like that. The louder, more obnoxious you are, the more leads that you get, which means that perfect for you. Yeah. No kidding. And, um, so we did that in November. So I got to go to Vegas and SEMA and do that whole bit in November. And then, uh, well, right around that time, um, man, I don't remember when, like the specific date that Jonathan was born. I was hoping that wasn't what you were going to say in that sentence. 9.20. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was 9.20. Um, so 9.20, my second son was born, Jonathan. And um, he's been a very different baby from what Benjamin was, which you are probably – if there's anybody on this planet that is probably so intimately familiar with the ins and outs of that relationship, you would be that person. Like, just his family probably doesn't even – know half as much as what you do and that's been interesting because like i've known i've seen other families where like their second kid is just totally different than their first one and this is just that to like he's just wants to be held all the time like always 24 7 all the time and so dealing with that's been fun then we decided to buy a house um here I don't know, a month ago. And then we decided to remodel that house before we moved in. So now we're remodeling it right now. And like, not like a small remodel, like new floors, knocking down walls, rebuilding stuff. Like, why not? Yeah. I mean, whatever. And, um, and then as far as clarity code goes, like we've got international distributors now. So we've been dealing with like international shipping and handling and fees and taking money and everything like that. And, oh, partnerships in the business, like, we're dealing, we're doing that now. So, like, we're probably going to be bringing on some partners in the business, which is just a whole nother. And you whole are, I thing. mean, you already are in a partnership. Well, so yeah. in and of itself, like, yep. that's been something completely new for you as well. Yep. Like, you in 2019, like, you've never been in, because AHD was just you. It was you and then employees underneath it. You and all really... the fans. Shout out to the fans. <laughs> Yes, all of the fans. Everybody who loves Adam. <laughs> Which is so many people. Um, yeah, so navigating a partnership, um, which that's been really interesting. And, uh, of course, there's a lot of challenges in that. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, that, that's totally normal. Like, yeah, it's a second marriage. Like, right. That's what it is. It really is. So, yeah, um trying to think of anything else that happened in 2019. But, I mean... Working for the biggest learning lessons so far actually came from working for that company. Um, There was a lot of things that I saw that uh, working for a bigger company that I now know to like just not do moving forward, uh, which has been a pretty good learning experience. So let's reflect on that for a minute. Like as an entrepreneur – what is it like going from being an entrepreneur and jumping into working for somebody else? And then, you know, you know what it feels like that you're so excited and you're, you, they hired you because you were an entrepreneur and the qualities that you exhibited. And then you get like three months, four months, five months into it. And you're like, cause I think there's a lot of people in the entrepreneurial community that can, um, relate to, they, 
they have their own thing going and they either shut that business down to go work for somebody else or they still are hustling doing their entrepreneurship thing and decide to work for somebody else on the side. Yep. Like, so let's talk about that. Cause both of you and I have experienced that this year now. Like let's talk about that a little bit. So if I was, if I was to give advice to someone who um, worked for someone else, decided they hated it and then decided to start their own business and now has an opportunity presented to them to go work for someone else and they want advice on it. The thing I would tell them is for me anyways, what was the thing that made you want to leave your previous jobs? Like there had to have been something so monumentally against your grain that you wanted to leave the security of making a paycheck to basically be broke for a little while and then go do your own thing and then make your own decisions, your own calls. There, there has to be at minimum one thing, more than likely there's like three things. Right. Um, for me, hands down across the board, it was just bad management, bad leadership that there's nothing at all in this world that if I go into a workplace or work somewhere that if there's just bad leadership and bad management, whether that be communication, bad culture, I mean, it's the, the crazy thing is, is if there's bad communication, there's bad culture. Right. If it, I mean, yep. th- you they just definitely go hand in hand. It's hand in hand. And if someone out there is thinking about making that jump to go back to being employed by someone, I would really heavily reflect on what were the reasons why you decided to leave in the first place. And then vet that new company to make sure that no matter what, when you get in there, you're at least not going to run into those one to three problems. No matter what, take up management. Mm -hmm. You're going to have to work with other people. Like if communication, if communication is a, is a, it's not your top five negatives, but if it's like in the middle where it's Mm -hmm. aggravating to like talk to Susie, who's just an idiot and wants to just talk about bubble gum and puppy dogs all day. Like that's aggravating, but it's not the thing that makes you just jump ship and say, Nope, deuces. I'm out. Right. Um, so you're always gonna have to put up with that. No matter what situation, when you had your own business, there were just things that you didn't really care for to do. But those five things that you absolutely love doing were the things that just overrode those other things. And right. if you go and work for someone else that can totally work. But just make sure that your top three negatives aren't the thing that is present at that new company. And that's not <clears throat> going to be the negative for you. And that's exactly what happened basically in this in this instance was that the leadership um, was just so atrocious that there was no there was no hope of saving it, first of all, from from the get go. Um, there there was a good enough team in place that if the leadership and the culture would have been there to just let that flourish and blossom, I would probably still be working for that company a hundred percent. Um, so that would be, that would be my suggestion to that kind of answer your question. Yeah, definitely. I think for me, the piece of advice that I would give to everybody is remember why you're doing it. Like, for me, the reason that I sold my company is very different than the reason that you sold yours. Yep. Like, I sold my company because I I needed to be with my family more. Like, I needed to reprioritize some things in my life. Um, 
And so I really needed to be able to focus on being present um, for, I was present, but not for the people that I felt I needed to be present for. And so I, that's why the main reason why I sold my company. So as I was getting into exploring working for somebody else again, it was really important to me to remember why, why I got out of my business in the first place. Like it was really important for me to remember that I'm getting into the, into a position that would allow me to be flexible with my family that would, wasn't going to micromanage me and just going to like beat down every idea. I mean, sure. There's always like political crap that happens and whether you're in private sector or public sector, like that crap's always going to happen. Yep. But is it on the big things or the little things? Like, if it's on the little, like, administrative, like, party planning stuff or whatever, like, whatever, that's just dumb. But, like, if it's on the big things where you're getting micromanaged on a, you know, day in and day out. Like, I can't handle if somebody is like, what time are you taking your lunch? What time are you going to pee? What time are you going to, like, that stuff isn't going to fly with me. And I, yep. I can't handle that. And so being able to be in a place where I can still be present when my kids need me to be present and have the flexibility to be present then. Um, you know, there's, it has really allowed me to reflect back and be able, be able to be okay with the other stuff because I'm like, it's such a blessing that I have a really cool job title. I get to work with really cool people. I get to learn new things constantly and I'm getting that fed into me constantly, but it's part time. And I'm still able to be present for every single thing that my kids have needed me to be present for because I have that flexibility. And so it's a give and take for me. Am I making the kind of dollars that I, that others that have the kind of experience and education and everything that I have are making? Absolutely not. Is that important to me right now? Nope. Hmm. It's just not, it's I would rather struggle a bit right now financially and be able to be present for my kids and my husband when they need me to be present. And in three years when two of them are off to college and I only have two at home, it'll be a different story. Yep. I can, I can pursue that career more again if I want to. Yep. So, and something I kind of learned about myself in like the last year was that, um, I've never really cared about money too much. Like, which is funny because I enjoy having nice things like bought the new iPhone 11 pro max. Like I want a nicer car. Um, because I enjoy cars. Mm-hmm. I enjoy having nice technology because I, I just enjoy nice technology. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, what I actually care about is if my bills are paid and everything like that, like I'm good. Like I don't really care too much about like the house is while the majority of it is like, Jess, like Mm -hmm. she wants a house and everything like that. And I like having a nice -er garage or having a garage that I can do stuff in or whatever. And that's not a manly thing. That's just like, just what I've always enjoyed. Um, I was just fine with living in a townhouse. I don't even think for Jess, it's the house. Like it's the security, like it's the security of knowing that we're accumulating for the future in this. Like we're, you know what I mean? Like Mm. you can see the future and we're building towards something rather than feeling like it's not going anywhere. Right. Yeah. And that's a big deal for, that's a big deal for Jess. Yeah. And, but like, um, for me, the things that I really care about is 
having flexibility to do what I, to do what I want. Um, there's times where you and I both know, like, you just have to put in those crazy weeks to like, mm-hmm. uh, make it all come together. But like me and my, me and Justin, we were, Justin and I, we were talking about, you know, kind of what's important to us here a couple of days ago. And I just said, like, listen, in two years time, I would love nothing more than to assemble a team of people and then manage those people. Because that's something I really enjoy a lot is leadership and management and everything like that. Um, because I want to have that workplace that people are pumped to work at. And right. like they are a part of something that's drastically changing um, something that they're passionate about. Like they'd have to be passionate about cars and everything like that. Um, managing those people is something that I would find really fulfilling and fun. But number two, like I want to be able to just do the 20 hours a week type of thing. And then like, that's, that's just my income coming in. Like, I don't want to be doing the physical labor of like painting the cars or anything like that. Like that's not, not even remotely does, do I even want to come close to doing that, but strategizing and figuring out, okay, like this is what we want to have done over the next year. Like this is our goals and like strategizing how to make that happen. And then like managing the people to help us make that happen and making them realize at the end of that, that there's no way we would have been able to do that without them. That's, that's what's fun for me. It's not, it's not the delegation and being lazy part of it. It's more like, I just want to use this more than I'm using this amazingly (laughs) sexy body. (laughs) Great way to throw that. (laughs) But something, something Jess and I talked about here two weeks ago, and I'm sorry if I'm making this a little bit about, uh, me, but you're supposed to, yeah, but something I'm really passionate about is the service-based industries, whether it be plumbing, electrical mechanics, doesn't matter. Those industries I think are going to blow up so big in the next 10 years or so, um, because of supply and demand, people don't want to get into it. Um, younger people don't want to get into it necessarily as much, but I think the people aren't being taught those trades. Like, no, how many 25 year olds do you know that know how to change tire on their car? Yeah. Or know how to fix a leaky faucet or, you know what I mean? Like all those little things that like, maybe not me so much, but like my husband just knew because he just saw his dad and, you know, he knew how to do it. Right. And not only do they not know how to do that, there's no incentive right them right now for them in school to nobody in, in the school system is saying, you should really think about going into a trade school. Yeah. That's not Mike a conversation. Is, Mike Rowe is. He is like, do you follow him? Oh man. I don't know if I like follow him, but like his, what he's um, championing is mm-hmm. exactly what I think is going to happen. And th- I mean, I had these thoughts way, way, way long ago, like well before Mike planted his flag and said like, this is what, this is what I'm all about moving forward. But what's important to me out of that equation, out of that whole equation is the demand will get there to where those industries blow up. Mm-hmm. Like there's mark my words right now, because this is going on the internet. Like, I will be able to reference this five years from now. People who are mechanics, people who are plumbers, people who are electricians, you will, the starting pay will be on par with a doctor hundred percent in 10 years from now. Guaranteed. I guarantee it because at this point in time, there's so much, 
so many people going into the healthcare industry and that's not going to slow down anytime soon. Like people are still going to get sick. The healthcare industry is still extremely taxed as far as like workload and everything like that. That's not going away, but guess what? Those doctors and nurses and everything need fixed plumbing, electrical cars. Like they, they, those are not, those are necessities that people are going to have to have. And someone has to fix those things. And then when all of a sudden the supply of people to do that kind of work goes way, 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 way down, the pay is just going to go through the roof. Uh, so, but what's important to me out of that equation is those people in those industries, because they've gone so long and without having really any sort of management, um, training, or they have no idea what like a good culture is even supposed to be or how to treat people other than like the usual for you to go into a trade business and working in a blue collar job is you get hazed for like six to eight months. And then, then maybe you're good enough to like sit down and have a lunch with them. And like, (laughs) and then maybe a year and a half later, the old guy in the corner who knows how to do everything will like take you under his wing and like show you how to do everything. And that's not because like millennials are lazy. It's because, well, I don't know. Like, why don't you have the old guy just showing those people how to do that stuff? So that whole equation is something that fascinates me and something that I'm super all about. Like, I can tell you're passionate about this. Yeah. I would love to be able to get into there and just like help service-based business if they were willing to make the change, which there's so few service-based businesses that would actually be willing right. to toss the guy out who's actually tox- toxic and realize that him calling the newbies like shithead – dumbass like all that stuff oh he's just playing around no no actually he's just a toxic person you just need to kick him the fuck out like period end of story like you wouldn't you wouldn't you wouldn't let that fly with some ceo calling you a dumbass or shithead or whatever at some fortune 500 company you could be you could be the male marcus lamotis because that's exactly what marcus lamotis would do oh really he would he would be like no it's just a toxic person like yeah no this doesn't fly yeah so that, anyways, I, we kind of got off subject there. I'm sorry. No, not really. It's all good. So we are coming up on time, though. Really? This Already? This really flown. Like, this isn't quite an hour because we started a little bit late today. I mean, because you can't. Well, let's make, it, let's make it a three-hour podcast. I'll just keep going without eating. <laughs> it could get very interesting what comes out of your mouth when you're hangry. Yeah. I could uh, start yelling at you, at you maybe. <laughs> Where's those... Gosh darn power balls. Like, get those protein <laughs> balls in here. But, yeah, no. I feed you. You should be really nice to me. You, I, I, I buy you lunch. I, try, I bring you protein balls. I try to I, I try to be nice to you. Whether or not I succeed is a whole different deal. That's where my looks and charm come in. <laughs> Again, where your wife comes in. <laughs> but, yeah, 2019. I mean, if you were to, if you were to give 2019 a scale of 1 to 10, Overall, maybe a four. Wow. Not very, it was honestly like I can, I can honest to God, and this is probably getting a little bit deeper than maybe we need to get on the podcast. Let's go deep. Let's go Mariana's trench deep. (laughs) I can honest to God say that like early 2019, like February, March ish, I was probably at one of the lowest points I've ever been in my life. Like, and you've, you saw it. Like it was 
really freaking hard and climbing your ass back out of that isn't fun. No. Like it, it affects everybody around you in the last half of the year, like last third of the year was definitely much better. And, but I'm still learning how to find my way. Like, you know, I went into 2019 expecting it to be so much different than what it was. And I don't want to say that I'm glad that 2019's over because like I learned so much. And honestly, like the biggest lesson I learned is like where to appropriately put people in your life. Like there, you know, I, I said this earlier, like I have, I want just a few deep relationships with people and I lived in a space for so long where I felt that I had deep relationships that really weren't deep. Mm-hmm. Um, they were, they were way more surface level than I thought, or they were way more one-sided than I thought. Um, and really, like, I have a much uh, much deeper, under not understanding, a much deeper appreciation for some of the mental health struggles that people go through and... Did you see Joker are... by chance? Mm-mm. No, but I, I've, I've heard that it is. I think like we should watch that one together. Intense. I would love to honestly because I don't want to watch it with my kids. Nope. Like, I already told even Jess. My, I, even I, my teenagers, like I don't like. I think it's way too intense for them yep. to be able to handle. I told Jess she's not going to watch it because I don't think she would. Not, not that, not because she's a bad person. I just don't yeah. think that she would maybe appreciate it what for what it is type of thing because. Um, between the two of us, Jess and I, mm-hmm. like, I've probably gone through a lot more relatable stuff. What I think is in that movie, like, I haven't seen it yet, but I think you and I probably could relate to it on a way different level than yeah. what she might be able to. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I certainly would not give it very high. The reason it's getting a four is because the last few months have been pretty good. Yeah. So. You know, strangely enough... um, I think I would probably be in and around that same number um, as you. I'd probably maybe give it a six or a seven. But th- that being said, going into 2020, like 10 out of 10. Like yeah. I'm super excited for what's going to happen. And I know the good things are going to happen. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's been a struggle probably for maybe for the both of us for the last. Oh, let's just go ahead and say last six months. Mm-hmm. Like it's been been a ride for sure and those to be clear and i think you're the same way those are you have to have those kinds of moments you have to have those lows and everything like that because if you don't have the lows you don't you can't get the highs and i don't i don't mind that there was a low um it sucks being in it you know going through the shit but like you it makes you a better person coming out the other end of it. Like I would probably put, I would probably wager that going through maybe what you did like in March, April made the fitness journey that you're going on now, what you went through back then, you had to become a very resilient person and going and being consistent and doing your workouts every single day, you have to be a resilient person. Like you're just on a, you're just a whole different person when you go through lots of challenges Mm -hmm. that when the challenge is waking up at 5 AM to like go lift some weights and like do some hard work for an hour a day. It's like, well, this is nothing compared to like being just out of my mind, stressed 24 hours a day for eight weeks straight. And it's insane. Like the, the, 
it teaches you that you can do it. Yep. Like even when you don't want to do it, it teaches you that you can do it. But it also teaches you to have grace with yourself when you eat a burger or when you sleep in or, you know, whatever. Like the and I think this might surprise a lot of people. I don't know if I've ever shared this with you even. I uh, I don't set an alarm ever okay. to go to the gym. I, I actually told Tanner this not too long ago. But if I'm ever not there, it's because I very firmly believe in listening to my body. And if I oversleep, then that means that my body needed rest more than it needed to lift that day. Mm-hmm. And I very, very, very firmly believe it. And the other thing that I learned, like I went into the gym scenario, and I think Tanner would agree with me. I don't know if he watches this or not, but... He's about to. You're going to send him this link. I'm going to share it with him now. But honestly, I hope Tanner comes on here with us one of these days. We should do that. Tanner's doing some really, really, really cool shit these days. Let's do that. um, But Tanner, you know, Tanner and I, when I first started at Primal with him, little over Shout out to Primal. (laughs) Shout out. um, 15 months ago or so we were really focused on the number, right? Like we were really, not because I wanted to be at a certain goal weight, but because both of us were chasing after this, it's going to be easier on your body if you lose 20, 30, 40 pounds, right? Not like I wanted it to be like, I need to be at this goal weight or whatever. Yeah. But the more that we've gotten into this year, like I've gone an entire year with Tanner, the number on the scale has changed five percent maybe like i have not lost hardly any weight but part of that is because i've gained a shit ton of muscle and the goals that i have been able to accomplish in weightlifting in and of itself has been phenomenal i mean i've been able to increase my deadlift almost 100 pounds in a year like that's huge and you're not able to do that and still lose weight like if i would have lost a bunch of weight like the number on the scale wise there's no way that i would be able to do that and continue to increase on a consistent basis so anyway my point with that is like i have learned to have so much grace with myself and listen to my body so much more and honestly i think tanner has as well like beginning of the year i think he would have been disappointed if i didn't show up for two or three days now he knows that there's a reason, like he knows that I trust my body and he's learned to trust me in trusting my body, Yep. you know? There's only, there's only one thing that I would say about, um, if there comes a point in time, maybe now would not be the point in time, but if there's only one thing that I could advocate for setting the alarm, getting in there at a certain time every single day, and then doing the suck workout, like mm-hmm. just plowing through it and sticking to that for a prolonged period of time, say two to three months, something Mm -hmm. like that. There's only one thing that I would say that, um, you're working on, um, primarily. And that is persistence and, um, building up that muscle, that internal fortitude of no matter what, like, I just have to get this done and, um, get in there and do it. And it's amazing what comes out the other end of that. And the only reason why I say that is because that's exactly what I did, uh, I don't know, I'll just say five years ago now. I don't remember exactly when it was. But, like, I was doing really intense workouts, super high volume, like incredibly, incredibly high volume, stupid levels of volume, Um, along with also going and doing running at the end of the day. So, like, 
started off only being able to do like two miles and then working up to 7.5 miles. But then on top of that, doing sprints, um, as well, 110 degree day didn't matter. Like was just putting my body through this gauntlet of just heavy, heavy workout. And, but all of that was because I was chasing a certain physique and a number that I wanted, but what it came out the other end of that was something that I didn't really anticipate going into it, which was that when I went to go do something, it, the level of resistance that I felt internally on going to do that thing was so much lower because I was like, I mean, whatever. Like, I'll just go do it. Like you just got to get in there and get it done type of thing. Oh, and I 150% agree with you on that. I think once you've gone through that now, though, and you know that there's not a doubt in your mind of what you're capable of. Yep. Right? Correct. When I was going through the really crappy days the this spring, I I would make myself go all the freaking time. Yep. Like, I did not sleep in. But now I'm past that, and I know, like, if I wake up at 6 then I was really freaking tired and there was a reason that I needed to let my body rest. Yep. Then. And it's just taking all of those additional factors in. Like I'm 40, like I'm not 25 anymore. You, you know? look 25. I know I do, but <laughs> it would be really weird if I said that I had a 15 year old and I was 25, but so I'm okay saying that I am 40 when I have a 15 year old, <laughs> <laughs> almost 16. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I think that for those people who are just getting themselves back into a gym routine or getting into a gym routine or any kind of, you know, whether it's gym or wherever, like anything, like I 150% agree. Like you've got to set the alarm. You got to tell yourself I'm going to be there four days a week. I'm going to be there these days. I'm, and you got to go like snow isn't going to stop you. Sleep isn't unless you're like going to the hospital because you're dying. Yeah. You better be there. And if you have to modify something while you're there, then modify something. But at least you got up and you know that you went and you still stuck to it. Do whatever you have to do to make sure that happens. Yep. The, and I know we're going way past time now, but <laughs> um, since we're on this particular subject, one thing that I did when I was going on that whole journey or whatever that I actually still firmly believe is probably the best way to go about it is I feel like most people – dive way too much into it and they put so much stress stress pressure and everything like that on themselves to just like because they think they have to go to the gym four or five days a week which you do like in order to get any sort of attainable results like you have to eat well first off but then you have to go to the gym pretty regularly it's just the way it is but um something i did was i just picked one thing that i thought was a really unhealthy habit and just el- worked on eliminating that one mm-hmm. thing for an entire month. And if that one thing wasn't eliminated at the end of that month, then that was the thing that I still worked on for the second month. And while it's a much longer process to do that, at the end of the year, there was I had so many so much better habits as far as like what I was eating and what I was drinking and everything like that than what I had started off the year with, which also made a dramatic change, but it also turned into habits right like it was habitual for me not to drink six mountain dews a day which is exactly what i was doing like i was 285 pounds like i was a big boy you drink six mountain dews a day Ugh, crap was your just... heart racing at like twelve thousand beats a minute well, well actually i mean replacing it with energy drinks probably isn't any better <laughs> no, but no but that's actually um something i've been conscious of so um 
thank God for Apple Watch because I've been kind of watching my resting heart rate. And I think some of this has to just do with stress. But, like, I'm at a resting heart rate of, like, around 80 right now. And, like, I look at that and I'm like, that's not good. And so it told myself, like... I have you, no idea. What's your resting heart rate supposed to be? Well, at 30 for a male, um, of course, body weight goes into it a little bit. And blood pressure, I have no idea what my blood pressure is because... Um, you know, it's not like I go and get that checked very often, but 82 or around 80 for a resting heart rate is not that great. I think what it should, should probably, I think it should be around, I should probably be more around like 70. Okay. It's probably more. So I'm focusing now more on cardio and stressing my heart more and doing more like explosive workouts and stuff like that. Focusing less on like squats, deadlifts and bench press, but more instead on like olympic lifting but doing kind of like lighter volume olympic lifting um to stress my heart a little bit more so that it hopefully will get that resting heart rate down a little bit more but i do i do think a little quite a bit of that has to just come from stress like you can't have a baby start up a business buy a house and remodel that house all the main all the while four months all the while maintaining various different relationships like your wonderful podcast host and like just not be have a level of stress like it's just going to happen and it's a season of life the thing about it is to be conscious about it and i think that's a great way for us to transition out of the podcast (laughs) you really want to go (laughs) well Well, yeah we could literally talk forever about this but like i think it's so important for entrepreneurs to recognize that those first couple years is it's a season like you have to be so cognizant of you're gonna work your ass off for a period of time but at some point you have to be able to look at it and say okay it was worth it and i have to stop like i can't continue on this pace for 10 years like that's not what entrepreneurship is supposed to be and it's also not intended (laughs) hashtag grind life (laughs) it's also not intended to go from 60 80 hours a week down to 20 overnight like there is a lot of work but if you're doing all this work and not putting in any processes and implementing the right people and if you're not doing those things to get yourself to that ultimate goal and taking the steps to get there then it doesn't just happen like you have to figure out how to make those things transition gradually and not expect all of it to happen overnight like go out there and hustle and start a business and do all of those really cool, awesome things that you want to do and know that it's a season and be okay with being in a season where you're going to eat crappier things than what you normally would and be okay with giving yourself that grace, but know that it's only for one year yep. or know that it's only for however long, you know, that you're going to, and do what little things you can during that year. Like just because you're hustling your ass off doesn't mean that you can't drink 10 glasses of water a day. Like there's still little things that you can make sure you're doing every day. You can still get vitamins in every day. You can still do certain things. Maybe you only work out twice a week instead of five times a week, yep. but just make sure to give yourself some grace and know that at the end of a year, you got to reevaluate and, and do things different next, late, yep. next year. And 2020, the start of the new decade, is exactly the time to do that. Right. And with that, like we should have done like maybe 10, 15 minutes ago, like you were hinting at, <laughs> we're going to wrap this puppy up. Last one of the decade. Shelly, right. it's been amazing. Peace out, Brussels sprout. <laughs> All right, we're going to hold on. You should say something really inspiring or something like that before we stop streaming. Peace out, Brussels sprout wasn't inspiring enough.
Bye, guys. Ha, ha, ha.